0: Man, I'm hurting. That 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 loss hurt. I mean, yeah, we could take some good out of it, but you you could point out bad stuff in all facets. The uh, the
2: offense, the
0: defense, the even in the special teams. I'm like, oh, they're like Chargers number one uh, receivers running around doing whatever the hell he wants, and it is, so, oh, man, oh. All right, David, talk me down, because, uh, man, this, just uh, bad Fuller looked horrible. I'll, i just talk me down. So
2: you are locked on Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: we locked on the Washington football team with the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I am Dave Harrison, Washington football team beat Rider for SI.com's foundation. He is Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and that show on the Team 980 Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Also on the Odyssey app, this show also on the Odyssey app. On Twitter, you can find us at Russellmania621 at dHarrison82 and at Pod. On today's show, we're talking about the Washington football team week one loss to the Los Angeles Chargers, of course, and we're doing so free and on all platforms. If you're looking for a Sunday pregame show before the games next week, guys next weekend that talks about every game and every team in depth, check out the locked on NFL Sunday show live every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, no sketches, no celebrity cameos, no fluff, just football every Sunday morning with host Cody Rourke and Ross Jackson. Follow and subscribe to locked on live on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. And don't forget to turn on notifications to be notified when the show goes live every Sunday morning again at 11 A.M. Eastern. Real quick, a rewind of the game for those of you who maybe didn't see it, didn't see the whole thing, or are like me and just tend to have some fairly short winded memories. Uh, This game, week one, watch the football team opening up at home at FedEx Field against the Los Angeles Chargers. Justin Herbert and his unit coming in, trying to get the victory and the scoring opened up with the Los Angeles Chargers on their very first possession of the game, a 10 play, five minute and 46 second drive capped off by Austin Eckler, who was questionable for the game coming in. Everybody pretty much assumed he was going to play. Play he did, a three-yard touchdown run there with 9-18 left in the first quarter. However, the next two scores belonged to the Washington football team. It would turn out the problem is they're both field goals. Good news is a 30-yard field goal made and a 43-yard field goal, both made by Dustin Hopkins to bring it to 7-6. to Still, Los Angeles Chargers with the advantage. Los Angeles Chargers would then strike back recouping those two field goals, 33 yards and 27 yards made for the Los Angeles Chargers, again, extending that lead in them before halftime, halftime, Dustin Hopkins would nail a 48-yard field goal, a a fairly pleasant surprise. I think a lot of Washington fans, uh, and I know I certainly was, probably a little bit nervous about what was about to happen, but Dustin Hopkins makes the field goal, sends us into halftime, 13-9, the Los Angeles Chargers leading the Washington football team coming into the third quarter. Washington football team finally found the end zone as Taylor Heineke passed eleven yards to tight end Logan Thomas for their first and only touchdown of the game. Dustin Hopkins again making the kick, giving Washington their first lead of the game, first lead of the season, sixteen to thirteen. But then Chris, Los Angeles Chargers, come back. Justin Herbert finds Michael Williams three yards out into the end zone for a touchdown. The extra point made it twenty to sixteen. That was a forty-five second three-play drive following. And Antonio Gibson fumble. That score came at 11-25 in the fourth quarter, and uh, we would see no points put up from that point on. The Washington Football Team falls 20 to 16 in their season opener, home opener. 0 one, 16 games left to go. What are your thoughts on this first game of the year? Yeah,
1: David, as I sit here at FedEx Field, uh, you know, and as we record this, um, you know, an hour and a half or so after the game. I mean, obviously, it's a disappointing loss. This is a game that they could have won, not should have won, could have won, right? The Chargers did not make the playoffs last year, so it's not like there's some great behemoth coming in here. Uh, They only flew into Washington uh, late Saturday evening, so their body clock should have been all messed up. And yet they're the ones that got off to the insanely hot and insanely fast start. And I think that really gets lost because of what happens late in this game. You know, you mentioned Washington retakes the lead on the Logan Thomas uh, touchdown, Uh, you know, early in the third quarter, the Ryan Fitzpatrick injury, obviously is a huge thing that we'll, you know, we'll clearly get into not that we have any uh, specific updates as of right now. Uh, But, you know, I, I think the bad start, really kind of set the tone for this game. And Washington, I don't want to say they never recovered, but they never recovered in terms of really getting into a flow in this game, certainly on third down defense where the Chargers just completely annihilated them time and time and time and time again. But I thought the game was in trouble and in peril from the very get-go. And much like last year, the season opener against the Philadelphia Eagles, where Washington allowed a touchdown drive six plays, 62 yards, bing, bang, boom, right down the field in front of an empty FedEx field. Yet they came back and won that game against Philadelphia. Uh, This year they allow, um, I think it was uh, 1075, 10 plays, 75 yards, and Chargers did whatever they wanted to do. They distributed the ball around. They ran the ball a little bit. Eckler finished it off with a three-yard touchdown run. And when you start like that, you don't always finish like that. And certainly, the Chargers struggled to maintain some of that momentum or at least conversion, uh, converting yardage and, and opportunities in the points. But it also kind of sent the message that they weren't here to mess around, that they were ready to go and ready for a fight. And Washington really had no answer. And
0: some of that continued throughout the game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the my initial my general takeaway from this game right off the bat is that it looked like two teams that really didn't play their starters that much in the preseason. And, you know, Ron Rivera has been very clear about why that was for the Washington football team, choosing preservation over preparation, but you kind of saw some of that lack of preparation come in to play in this game. And even when Ryan Fitzpatrick was still in the game, which I know wasn't very long, but when he was in the game, you could just kind of tell everybody was, they just, they they were kind of forcing the motions versus going through the motions. And I don't mean that in a lackadaisical way, I mean, instead of going out there and just smoothly and confidently executing the offense, they were out there trying to execute the offense. And, I, and this is a saying of mine that I'm sure our listeners will hear uh, very very often in, in our years together, uh, which is you can't try to do things. You just have to do them. And, when, and what I saw was a Washington football team out there trying to execute uh, the offense. Now, the Chargers had moments of it, too. But at the end of the day, the Chargers seemed to get into more rhythms during drives. And obviously, they made enough plays. Because at the end of the day, everybody in the NFL, and especially in today's NFL, will tell you that if you can hold your opponent to 20 or fewer points, you have a very good opportunity to win a game. Both defenses held their opponents to under 20 to 20 or under or fewer points in this game. And obviously only one team came away with the victory. And it was the team that just looked a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more fluid in what they were doing. Perhaps the the switch in the quarterback because of the injury is the is the difference between a four-point win or a four-point loss and a three point win. I mean, that's obviously a split personality or a split uh, paranormal you know d- dimension uh, that we're never going to be able to witness, but that's just kind of what it looked to me on the surface is two teams, not completely in sync, but one just a little bit more comfortable with what they're doing.
1: Well, it's hard to be in sync when you don't play a lot in the preseason and the first team offense, um, you know, which for the most part, uh, again, was able to move the football at times certainly was not able to sustain any momentum that they would get from an occasional big play. I think back to a 27 yard run uh, through a massive hole for Antonio Gibson, the next play sure, it should have been a face mask uh, on the chargers, but goes for three yard loss. I think of the 51 yard field goal attempt uh, from, from Dustin Hopkins. They make a couple of big plays to get themselves in the position and Brandon Sheriff takes a couple of penalties. So, I mean, overall it was, it was a, a, you know, you shoot yourself in the foot kind of day. It was every time you do something good and take one step forward, you almost take two steps back. And I think that was on, you know, pretty much every side of the football for the Washington football team. All right, so the Washington football team loses to the Los Angeles Chargers 20-16 to here at FedEx Field. They will host the New York Giants this Thursday night, so a quick turnaround and essentially a must-win game uh, for them as you don't want to go 0-2 to start the year and 0-2 at home. Coming up, we will get more deeper into why the Washington football team lost. But first, guys, we want to tell you, obviously, football season is back. And let's make the most of it with a better way to create your custom pool at runyourpool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. Run Your Pool makes it ridiculously easy to run a football pool with friends, families, or Office mates. They offer dozens of formats, including Survivor, Pick'em Squares, Margin, Confidence Pools, 33, and more. Run Your Pool hosts formats for NFL and college football, one week games, full season playoffs, or the Super Bowl. Unlike other fantasy sports platforms, Run Your Pool has options and settings to make it your own. You can even brand your pool for your local business, bar, or restaurant. Reconnect with friends and join nearly 2 million football fans to make every game action packed. This season. Check them out today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash locked on or use our promo code locked on at checkout. Anywhere, everywhere in the world, Run Your Pool helps friends and colleagues compete. The NFL season is underway, guys. Start today at runyourpool.com slash locked on and have your pool up and running in minutes at runyourpool.com slash locked on.
2: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: First of all, we gotta get off third downs. Uh, 14 of 16 is unacceptable. You get a big turnover, you fumble the ball back. Washington, our L.A. scores, uh, that's the turning point of the game. Uh, biggest question going forward, do we see Heineke or Brian Fitzpatrick? I would say Heineke. He's given a boost to the offense. He made everyone around him better. Uh, Fitzpatrick just hasn't done it through the preseason and everything else. Anyways, This is Edward Abel. Hail to the Washington football team. Bye. All
1: right. Thank you very much. And we appreciate the uh, voicemail. Obviously, uh, and we appreciate you guys getting the board and certainly want to keep hearing uh, from you. So, David, you hear the frustration in the fans' voices, right? We heard Came on at the beginning of the show as we do this little different format post-game here, incorporating some of your guys' voicemails so that, you know, you guys have a voice in what you saw. And, and, and listen, uh, let's get into the offense right now because it starts with, obviously, the Ryan Fitzpatrick injury and Taylor Heineke, who did provide a spark after a couple of over- Overthrows When he first got in there, maybe a little too, you know, tight uptight, whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it. But there is no doubt that Heinecke provided a little bit of spark with his mobility, the little two shovel pass to Terry McLaurin, I think it was for 16 or 17 yards. Um, you know, obviously the touchdown pass to Logan Thomas that we mentioned finally getting McClure in the ball uh, three times on the first drive of the third quarter after he has a chance to settle in. There's no doubt that the offense ran smoother with Taylor Heineke. The problem is, David, I, I, I got to be honest with you, I, I you know, it. I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be able to recover in time for Thursday night football. I don't know that, but I don't think he's going to be able to, especially being that he didn't come back in to Sunday's game and and such a quick turnaround. The problem is, is this is still a very limited offense with Taylor Heineke running it. I think it's more Houdini. I think it's more magic and trickeration than it is a substantial and substantive offense and people are going to, and they already are killing Scott Turner. Listen, I don't know what you want Scott Turner to do in a lot of these cases when your starting quarterback goes out for the rest of the game early in the second quarter, right? I mean, again, that's not an excuse all the time, but it is part of the rationale. Taylor Heineke does not have the arm strength, does not have the pocket presence, does not have the experience that Ryan Fitzpatrick does. So while their efforts were clearly to run the ball early so that they could try and slow down that charger pass rush of Joey Bosa and Ball Joseph, and other guys, uh, Derwin James and, you know, so on and so forth. While that was clearly their MO, even with Fitzpatrick in, it became, I think, even more like what they wanted to do ideally um, to keep Taylor Heineke clean and so that he wasn't running for his life.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I get get the infatuation with Taylor Heineke. You know what I mean? Um, I have to be honest. The thing that I didn't appreciate is that while Brian Fitzpatrick is on the, the FedEx floor, uh, getting looked at by trainers. There's already fans chanting Heineke. Like I understand that there are fans who even before the game thought that Taylor Heineke gave the team a better chance to win. And, and I get that. And, and that's all great, but that's, that that's still your starting quarterback. Like your starting quarterback is still laying on the grass, having gotten injured, trying to get your team a victory, trying to make you as fans happy. So, I mean, to me, it's, wait, let, let the man get off the field. You know what I mean? Like, let the man get off the field. Let him go back into the locker room. And if Taylor comes on and makes a play, fine. By all means, like when he made that shuffle, shuttle uh shuttle pass or shuffle pass, and you know the FedEx crowd was going crazy and chanting Heineke. Yes, that is a great moment to go Heineke. Mm-hmm. You know, I get all that. But dude, Ryan Fitzpatrick is literally laying on the day on the on the turf of FedEx, the grass of FedEx Field, having hurt his hip, mm-hmm. and the fan base around him is chanting and celebrating that hit like. I just I never get I never I never get I'm never OK with with uh, with celebrating an injury. You know what I mean? Um, so that's just again, that kind of rubbed me wrong. Maybe it's just me. But, you know, that's no, I I I think
1: you're, I, yeah. I think you're right. But I also think that was I think that was expected yeah. to be quite honest with you. But but it goes, you know, now it goes into the next problem, which, again, is. You know, assuming that Ryan Fitzpatrick, and that's all we can assume right now, on a short week. Again, maybe if it was a regular week, I, maybe we would think differently. Um, but but you know, right now they're going to have to they're going to have to um, develop a game plan against an aggressive Giants defense. Patrick Graham uh, led that defense last year. They got after the quarterback. They have some really good guys on their on the back end, including uh, uh, Logan Ryan and. Um, uh, and, and James uh, Bradbury and, and, and you know, of course, Leonard Williams up front, so on and so forth, they're going to have to develop a game plan that basically slows down that pass rush because their offensive line, I said this to you several times through the preseason, David, not good enough. I mean, I I told you from, you know, every practice I was at, they would get, you know, basically annihilated half the time, and then Charles Leno really struggled against Matthew Judon in New England. They couldn't convert on fourth and one against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, they they Ryan Fitzpatrick got hit hard twice in that game, sacked once and hit hard, unfiltered off the edge. And Baltimore got after them too, even though the starters in Heineke and Fitzpatrick didn't play. So I don't know why everybody was expecting this offensive line to be dominant. This is the biggest misnomer in the world, that this offensive line was just going to maul people and protect these quarterbacks. I mean, ultimately – it ha- you know, the injury to Fitzpatrick happens because Leno allows an inside pass rush and he just gets completely blown past. And I've seen that with Judon earlier in the preseason. We've talked about this. This is a major problem. And guess what? Taylor Heineke, he has an injury history, too, even though he's bulked up more. I'm telling you, if they come out with the game plan of throwing 35 times on Thursday night against the Giants, they're begging, begging for trouble.
0: Yeah, and I think that's ultimately that's the issue with with putting Taylor Heineke out there. Is some of the things he does, they're exciting. The ad-libbing is fun. You know what I mean? It's entertaining. it You can't sustain success that way. And and I'll tell you that one of the best ad-libbing quarterbacks in the National Football League is Patrick Mahomes. And I promise you, the Kansas City Chiefs don't call the majority of their play saying, okay, Patrick, go out there and just do whatever happens. There's a plan. Even a lot of the motion that you see out of Patrick Mahomes is planned for a reason. Uh, But flipping over to the defensive side real quick. And well, actually, so the last thing I'll say about the offense, look. You've seen Ryan Fitzpatrick for all of, of of three, really, three possessions in this season. So right. as a fan and as anybody, I, I wouldn't get too hyped up and say, you know, after three possessions, I know for a fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick is not a good quarterback for this offense. He's no. an injured one, right? But 66% of the drives that he was on the field for ended in points. They didn't end in touchdowns, but they ended in points. Taylor Heineke came in and there were two point producing drives out of the five or six uh, that he was on there for. I'm not really going to count, you know, like the first one just because you know nerves and all that stuff. But the, again, if you want to, if you want to get into a first game analysis, making conclusions based off that, which I, I don't recommend either direction. 66% of Ryan Fitzpatrick's drives in, in points, about 30% of uh, Taylor Heineke's did. So it just it's exciting. But again, you're you're looking for sustainable success. Looking on the defensive side of the ball, Chris. Obviously, uh, people expected the defense. To come in, and I don't know if they expected them to dominate, but they definitely expected them to do better uh, than what we have here. Cole Holcomb leads the team uh, at the end of the day with 11 combined tackles, followed by Bobby McCain. And anytime you have a safety uh, leading your team in in tackles, that is not uh, a good a good statistic. That's not going to end well. You heard the voicemail. 74 percent. The Washington football team allowed 74 percent third down conversions by Justin Herbert. And the Chargers offense, 14 out of 19 were converted, including, I mean, third and 15 or 16, whatever it was, Keenan Allen gets 17 yards. That's that's ridiculous. You can't do that. And the worst part about that play, Chris, specifically, five Washington defenders on that side of the field in that portion of the route tree, three Chargers wide receivers, yet you have Keenan Allen pretty much wide open. And I know you have something to say, but real quick, KJ Hill on back-to-back catches netted the Chargers offense about 26 yards. He's a former Ohio state Buckeye. I love him. I'm a big fan. Not a separation guy has never been a separation guy, but he's wide open over the middle of the field, two plays in a row. This defense has, that cannot continue. And I know William Jackson was on the field talking with the team media afterwards saying that they'll get it figured out and everything, but for week one, and it's still week one, absolutely a lot of film for these guys to study and learn from. I'll tell you that much.
1: Well, you know, I I think part of the problem is, right, they're fearful that they're going to get beat over the top by Keenan Allen, obviously by a great quarterback, a great young quarterback and Justin Herbert, even Mike Williams and Jared Cook, who's a very productive tight end. I think that led to some of the softer coverage underneath, right? We're trying to take away the big stuff. We're trying to take away the chunk plays. Even if it's not a 40- or 50-yard bomb, we're trying to take away the 20- to 25-yard gains. So we'll give the underneath, but that led to guys wide open. And especially on that final drive, you were talking about uh, the play, you know, uh, the situation that that you had. You mentioned the third and 16. Uh, You can't allow a third and 16. Ron Rivera punted on fourth and seven from there from the Charger 40, which he's taking criticism for for David, um, because he thought his defense was going to be able to get a stop with five and a half minutes left. They're faced with a third and 16. You've got to get off the field. Instead, Washington allows the 17 yard gain and never sees the uh, the offense never sees the field again. You cannot allow that no matter what you say, no matter what you say about cleaning things up and getting back to work and whatever. 14 of 19 was horrible, but that particular sequence absolutely destroyed
0: Washington. Yeah, the, the final seven minutes of the game definitely did not go anywhere near the way uh, that they need them to. Uh, but there are some other things that can go the way that people want them to, and specifically something that comes from our friends over at DirecTV. Let me ask you guys if this sounds familiar to you. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. You get your neighbors, best friends, log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about something simple that can get you all your, all your entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package.
1: All right, guys, uh, it is Chris Russell here for Built Bar. David and I are telling you all the time about how awesome Built Bars are. And you know what? They have a ton of flavors that you guys can get at Built.com. Our favorites, peanut butter brownie, mint brownie, all the different flavors that you've come to love. Cherry, raspberry, orange, whatever you want. You want a little salted caramel? Go for it. And here's the best part about a Built Bar. Built Bar. Not only are they soft and easy to chew and 100% covered in chocolate and delicious, but they're high in protein, low in calories, low in sugar, and low in net carbs. You can't mess up with Built Bar. Nope. You can get whatever you want. You can package it however you want. Just simply go to built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at builtbar.com.
2: Hey, how you guys doing? Uh, I was just wondering, where was Jamin Davis the whole
1: game? You know, I saw him get in there a couple plays, but, you know, when we drafted him in the first round, I would expect him to have so much more of an impact game one. All right, thanks, you guys. we appreciate the, uh, voicemail, uh, quick one on Jamin Davis. Uh, David, I don't know how many snaps he had. Um, you know, that isn't totaled up yet. Uh, we have to get to that, but I will tell you this. I, I thought I saw him a lot more in third down situations and nickel situations than I was expecting. And maybe that's part of what led to their third down issues and the chargers attacking the linebackers, uh, in space. Quite honestly, Ron Rivera talked about being very, disappointed about guys being uh off in their assignments and not where they're supposed to be I'd be willing to bet that some of that was certainly on the rook from Kentucky now I'm not trying to blame all of it by by no means but I'm just saying that's probably a part of it
0: yeah I mean you know look James Davis finishes the game with with two tackles and and I get wanting your first round draft pick to to make some splash plays and just kind of you know be a guy that steps up in in big moments but you know they can't all be Chase Young's and uh, we'll we'll see what jamon davis becomes um, i will tell you that personally this is why this is one reason i've, I've kind of never really liked the four three defensive uh, base package i've always been pre- preferable to a three four because you're more athletic in your front seven than you are in a four three and you've got four linebackers versus three which naturally tells you that you have more guys to cover the middle part of the field if you face an offense that has that that need versus a four versus a four three and look uh we, we've been talking about it all off season all preseason all training camp um, the middle of the defense is really what kind of worried us about about this whole team. And the more that teams penetrate the middle, the more it makes the outside guys and the deep guys come move up, and that opens up things on the perimeter. So I mean, we just have to we we'll have to look at. Uh, you know, I like to watch the game again. Listen, I live tweet it, and I write uh, a, a, an ongoing article for SI uh, right now that gets published right after the game. So I'm kind of working as the game is going on. So I like to then either tonight or maybe tomorrow uh, early morning, I'll sit down and watch the game again without these other responsibilities. And that gives me a better picture of what I'm looking at. And yeah, I can keep an eye out uh, for Jamie Davis, but Chris, we're going to wrap up this episode with our biggest questions moving out of this immediate analysis episode. And again, we'll come back tomorrow with a deeper look uh, again. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Chris, I don't know if you even have time or if you choose Uh, to watch the game again again you're there live seeing it as it's happening um and fortunately for you you're not writing an immediate article that goes up on Inside.com right now so that's something that you get to do um but we'll come back tomorrow we'll get deeper into some of these conversations we're here again from the coaching staff we'll have some clips from press conferences uh but chris i think my biggest question it's got to be the quarterback situation and and first and foremost is the health of ryan fitzpatrick right and then the second part is as Scott Turner and as Ron Rivera, and I think that you have to be honest and you have to come together and say, listen, from the little bit that we saw, can we make a decision on whether or not Taylor actually is better for this offense or if we want to continue going with Ryan? Once you answer the health question, I mean, if Ryan Fitzpatrick's not healthy enough, which I agree with you, my gut right now says he's not going to, that doesn't matter. You've got Taylor Heineke and right. you've got Kyle Allen. That's where you're going for mm-hmm. for week two. You know what I mean? Um, but once once that question is answered and it's yes, Fitz is healthy, then you do have that answer for Taylor I mean, listen, if we're all correct and Ryan's not coming back for the Giants, this is Taylor's career moment. He's at a cross like this is his his time to shine. And unfortunately, we'll get more into this Giants game later. But unfortunately, sometimes you see that opportunity go very, very poorly for the quarterback.
1: Yeah. And and listen, there's no doubt that I think Taylor Heineke provides a jolt, a spark, all of that. What I concern myself or what I fear Uh, David is a, a, a defense that sure every, you know, both teams are going to be on a short week, but you know, if you get him against a physical defense, is he running for his life? If you're asking him to drop back 20, let's just call it 25 plus times, right? I mean, he, he dropped back 15 times on Sunday. He didn't play obviously the whole game. That's part of the reason why it would have obviously uh, been more, but now if he's going to start and play a whole game, and you have to have them drop back 30 times, let's just say. Is, is that asking too much out of Taylor Heineke? I think it is personally. Uh, so I do worry about that. Obviously, I worry about fits, uh, you know, and the hip. I mean, you don't know if it's a hip labrum tear. You don't know if it's just, you know, sore. You don't, you don't know what it is uh, at this point right um so you know we'll we'll await further details but again we don't expect him don't expect him with a short week to play on thursday night we'll see how it all unfolds but real quickly my big question moving forward is you know besides the defense uh and 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 is this going to be a dominant defense and i've never thought it was a dominant defense last week uh, last year i should say uh, i've said that a number of times they struggled to stop the run they didn't play anybody that good uh they got beat several times deep uh down the field gave up a lot of explosive plays if this defense is not dominant does this team even have a chance at winning nine games which is what you need to win to have a winning season regardless of the playoffs and i i don't see it right now um i need more quite honestly i need more out of chase young i need more out of the interior guys i didn't see a whole lot of interior push I need more out of the linebackers. I need better tackling. Obviously, we need better on third down. So that, to me, is going to be something that I'm going to be questioning all week going against a somewhat pedestrian but improved New York Giants attack. Just as we wrap up this episode, uh, again, we incorporated the voicemails a little bit differently. We heard heard from Camion to start the show. Uh, He was obviously very, very, very frustrated uh, by the loss, but looking ahead a little bit uh, you know, and talked about, of course, the Chargers wide receivers uh, being able to kind of control the tempo and do what they want. We heard from Edward, who was very frustrated about the third down defense and the turnover right after the interception. That was a killer. You get all that momentum, second red zone turnover for the Chargers. And then they turn it right back over and boom, the Chargers take the lead. And then uh, our last voicemailer who didn't leave a name, he was concerned and questioning where Jamin Davis was. Again, we will have to see as we get more through the tape and as we get more through this week where Jamin Davis really was at. So thank you for the voicemails. If you guys want to get aboard, 301-615-3577, 301-615-3577, or you can email us, pod at gmail.com
0: betting on the NFL. Uh, So I know Camion wanted me to talk him off the ledge. So here's, here's what I'll say to, to Washington fans, because uh, again, covering a losing franchise for a lot of years, I've been through this with a lot of fans before and a lot of fan bases before Uh, for one guys, you getting frustrated. Like I know people who say I can't sleep after my team loses a football game. Honestly, it only hurts yourself. It doesn't help anybody. And it only hurts yourself. Try do some pushups, go for a run, Drink some coffee. I don't know, like call your best friend and talk about something else. You know what I mean. But whatever you need to do, try to take your mind off But here's what I would say: It's one game. There's 16 games left. Uh, if, if you have a bad January, you don't just say, "Well, this whole year sucks." You know what I mean? And, and that there's and there's only 12 months. Imagine if you have 16 months or or, or so uh, mm-hmm. in a year. You know what I mean? Or 17 17 months uh, in a year, you wouldn't have one bad month and say, "Well, that's it. Year's trash. Might as well throw it away." No, you fight on to the next month. And you continue and continue. I can't promise you, all right, that, that, that this is going to go the way you want it to go. What I would say is football's back. You've been missing it all summer. You're going to miss it all next summer. So enjoy it while it's here. Even if it doesn't go your way, enjoy the camaraderie. Enjoy the excitement. Um, even, even a loss. It was an exciting game. It was a hard-fought game. It didn't go the way you wanted it to, but it was entertaining, and that's what it's here for. So take it for what it's worth, which is entertainment. Because, again, you getting mad isn't going to make Ryan Fitzpatrick healthier. It's not gonna make Taylor Heineke a better passer, and it's not gonna make the middle of the Washington Football Team defense any harder uh, than it is soft. So that's that's my uh, that's my resiliency training for the day for you if you need it.
1: It certainly makes sense. All right, guys, betting on the Washington Football Team. Doesn't have to be a guessing game. I mean, sometimes it can be, I guess, because it's hard to figure out what this team is going to look like. But if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, you can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast, brought to you by BetOnline.ag, wherever you get your podcast. Again, we told you about the voicemail number. Hit it up. Let's hear from you more. 301-615-3577. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm Chris Russell here at FedEx Field. Catch me and Pete Medhurst Monday through Friday on the Washington football team's flagship station, the Team 980 and on the Odyssey app, along with david harrison my co-host and partner read everything he's writing about on the washington football team at si.com slash nfl slash washington football appreciate you guys being with us uh we are free and available on all platforms please remember that as you listen to the locked on washington football team podcast